Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You can have the best heart on earth and the most earnestness and the most desire and the most willpower, but it's like saying, okay, I'm in a cheap Toyota Prius and I can push the, the accelerator all the way down you're not going to beat a Ferrari no matter how hard you push because it's not about you and your desire. It's about can your car bring it? And now it's about can your body bring it? And when your body can bring it, you can reach new states of existence that you would not even know are possible. Welcome to the Unwind Podcast, a podcast for you to relax, drift off and allow your mind to wander. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and researcher on a mission to share information that will help you live happier, healthier, and with more love, optimism, and wisdom. This podcast features interviews with well-known guests and world-leading experts about what it truly means to be human and what we can do to become the very best versions of ourselves. Today, we are unwinding with Dave Asprey, a man who has transformed the way the world understands health. For over 25 years, Dave has been the leader of the biohacking world, educating us on ways to hack our health for more happiness, energy, and better performance. He's a New York Times bestselling author of Game Changers, Headstrong, and The Bulletproof Diet. He's also the hit creator of Bulletproof Coffee, the host of the award-winning podcast, The Human Upgrade Podcast, formerly Bulletproof Radio, and CEO of Upgrade Labs, Human Upgrade Centers. Yes, in other words, Dave is a superhuman. And the best bit about him, he shares all his secrets to being superhuman. So this is why his latest book, Work Smarter, Not Harder, is so brilliant. Every secret he has to exercise, metabolism, hacking, sleep, and general health is in there. I devoured this book. Parts shocked me, parts reassured me, and parts inspired me. One thing is for sure, I realized how misguided I have been when it comes to my health. So I'm deeply excited for everyone to read this book because there is no one who wouldn't gain a huge amount of benefit from it. This leads me to introduce the man himself. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Poppy. I guess I haven't done biohacking for 25 years because I only named it in 2011. So I started my path when I was 23. And that was oh, about 25 years ago because I was 300 pounds when I was 23. And I was having brain fog by the time I was 26 to the point I bought disability insurance and I had arthritis and I was diagnosed as being high risk of stroke and heart attack. Like things were not good. And when doctors couldn't help me, I'm like, I got to do something. And the cool thing is if you just do the basics when you're in your 20s, you save like a million dollars when you're 60 <laughs> on being powerful. But you just have this vibe and this energy that is upgraded. It's not about being healthy at all. It's about being that old meditation, like I am enough. It's like, no, like I am more than enough. <laughs> that, that's what I'm helping people build. I think that my greatest realization reading this book, which was why am I spending so many hours in cycling classes and 
hours from my day, like doing these hard, intense exercise classes because I just thought that I needed to do that to stay in shape. Anyway, for the last month, I thought, screw it, I'm not going to do any of it. I'm just going to walk. And I've lost more weight, balanced hormones, and I just had (laughs) no idea why. And then suddenly I read your book and I'm like, oh my God, like you explain why we've been so deeply misled. Where do you think we've been misled mostly and where are you trying to bring people to? I'll share a story that that matches yours that illustrates that for you. When I was 23, I said, you know what? I've had enough of being fat. I'm going to go to the gym because I know that if I just eat less and I exercise more, I'll lose weight because you know Newton's law, everyone knows that, right? Well, I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week for 18 months straight and I never missed a day. Literally, I would take Sundays off and it didn't matter if I was sick. It didn't matter if I was final exams or job interview. It just didn't matter. That was my top priority. And at the end of that time, you think, yeah, I had a ripped body. No, I still had a 46-inch waist. I still weighed 300 pounds. I weigh 200 pounds right now. And I thought to myself, well, I must be eating too much lettuce because I'm already on a low-fat diet. I'm sitting there and my mm. uh, my friends are eating, I guess you'd call them chips. I'd call them French fries and mm. cheeseburgers. And I'm having the chicken salad with no chicken because it's got too many calories. And I just realized clearly I, I, I'm failing because I'm not trying hard enough and there's something wrong with me. And, and there's actually like guilt and shame that's a big part of that. Yeah. Well, at one point I just realized I exercise more than all my friends combined and they're all half as heavy as I am. And like, what is going on? what I was doing just didn't work. I'd been sold a bill of goods. What's happening here, and this is happening to a lot of people listening to this right now, is we believe something to be true, so we act on it. There's another example. During that time, I was absolutely convinced that I would want to drink a diet soda with NutraSweet and all of that, or aspartame, because, well, that's how you lose weight, right? Well, it's the perfect business model, because studies show that people who drink diet sodas gain weight. But you buy more of it when you get fatter. So it turns out the best business model you can have is when you tell someone to do something that doesn't work, so they'll do more of it. And the modern exercise industry is based on that. If you'll just keep paying for your gym membership and you just keep doing it, you'll lose weight eventually, but you don't. So you keep paying for it. Imagine this. If you went into the gym and you did one workout and then you were perfectly healthy, you would stop paying the gym, right? You just come back in three months. So it's built into the systems of reality to encourage you to pay money to do stuff that doesn't work. And I will tell you, low-fat diets don't work. Low-calorie diets don't work. Exercising, weight off, doesn't work at all. The reason you're fat is what's on your plate, not because you didn't exercise. You can lose all the weight you want and never exercise a little bit. It's not very healthy, but you can do that. I've had people lose a pound a day for 75 days using my protocols. (laughs) without exercising, <laughs> but you should exercise. What happens when people overexercise and undernourish? Well, and this is actually more common with women than with men. And it's funny, it's, it's always the same path. If you overexercise and undernourish, or you go on a keto diet and you never eat another carb again, or you go on a vegan diet, at first you feel really good because the body gives you stress hormones that make you feel good, that adrenaline pump, like, yeah, I got this. Well, when that stops working because you overtrained, you start being tired, you get brain fog, you start getting fat in the front, which is from extra cortisol. And in women, the first sign is you don't sleep as well. 
you have disturbed sleep and you just wake up, you don't feel good. If you track your sleep, it shows you didn't sleep very well. The second sign, if you keep going, is you're getting that weight gain, but you also realize that your monthly hormonal cycle isn't working as well as it normally does. And the third sign is you get thinning hair. So, huh, maybe that's not where you wanted to go. And with men, it's a little bit different. Men usually can last two more weeks, maybe four more weeks before they get the signs. Same thing, bad sleep. They wake up without a kickstand. Uh, I don't know the right way to say that for uh, in, in the UK or something, but uh, you know, you, w- you wake up without what you would expect when you wake up. And then the same thing, they start getting thinning hair from cortisol, which is one of the causes of thinning hair in men and women. So imagine this. Well, clearly I know that, that if I just eat less and work out more, I'll be healthier. I'm not healthy. So therefore I'll eat less and I'll work out more. It's a mean thing to do, especially for women, because mm. women are more sensitive to stress hormones and fluctuations in sex hormones. And if you don't eat the right foods, you can't even build hormones and you're mineral depleted because you're not eating enough and you're eating the wrong foods that you thought were healthy, basically Mm -hmm. kibble for humans, then, well, it's no wonder you feel like crap. It's such a terrible problem. I see it in so much of my community. Again, when it comes to what we understand as health, you know, all those kind of healthy foods, as you explain in this book, again, are a complete myth. I would love to talk about the um, veganism trap because, again, I'm the typical example of got told, don't eat animal meat. So I haven't eaten it for five years. And it was only three weeks ago when I introduced it back into my diet. So this is why it just feels very serendipitous reading your book and talking to you. No wonder you're losing weight. <laughs> but how crazy. Like, what happened, Dave, to our world when we were told to stop eating animal meats? Oh, it's really easy. The large companies that control food production, there's only a very few of them now. They've concentrated it. Um, They make more money when they can feed you the lowest quality, lowest cost food and tell you it's good for you. I fell for it as well. 20 years ago, I was an early adopter. I'm going to lose this weight. I've tried keto. I've tried all these different things. I'm going to do it. And you know what? I'd already lost most of my weight, but I did lose more weight on the vegan diet. My friend's like, Dave, you look gaunt. You know, your face is hollowing out. I was losing muscle like crazy, but more importantly, I was losing minerals. So here's what happens when you go vegan. The first thing that happens is you get the glow. (laughs) This is real. And you can go vegan for a week if you just want to like do a little fast thing. That's fine. But the glow is coming from the fact that your, your cells stopped getting the kind of fat you're made out of, which is saturated fat. And they panic because when you get omega-6 fats, which is what plants make, these are not human fats. Your body tries to build cells out of those, but those cells are weaker. They don't make as much power. So the body goes, oh, let me turn up the thermostat a little bit. That's thyroid. Then you get, yay, I got extra energy. I feel so good. But you ever notice how vegans get angry kind of easily? Lol, that's hilarious. I can say (laughs) this because I was... I was a devout raw vegan, okay? And I was also more emotional when I did that. It's because Mm. your body starts making stress hormones, which also feel good because it's like, I'm in a famine here. Like I'm not getting the nutrition my body needs. I'm getting the wrong fats. And the way bears hibernate is by eating a lot of omega-6 and omega-3 fats, which makes them sleepy. It slows down their metabolism. They get fat. Can you just give us an example of omega-6 fats? Like what are the sort of things we're talking about? Any plant oil except for coconut oil and palm oil is going to be an omega-6 fat. The more of it you eat, the fatter you get, the more diabetes you get. Canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, or rapeseed oil, which is the same as canola. Um, All of these oils, we've never eaten them in all of human history. 
And when you go vegan, that's all you get. That's what plants make. They just aren't the fats we're made out of. And studies show, these are studies from an earlier book on anti-aging I wrote, that when you eat those fats, they go into your white fat. In other words, your muffin top and the fat on your butt, but not necessarily the kind of fat you want on your butt. (laughs) And it ends up changing your metabolism. So the vegan trap is that you feel great for the first four weeks you go vegan. This is what happened to me. I'm like, I'm all in. And when I started getting teeth that would crack because I had depleted my minerals, when I started getting cold all the time, when I started developing autoimmunity, I thought, well, maybe I'm not vegan enough. And maybe I, I need to make sure that my spinach smoothie doesn't get warmed up by the blender. I'll blend it more slowly. I'll buy a different juicer. I, I mean, I went kind of nuts right. on this stuff. I sprouted yeah. my my ass off and it doesn't work. And it, it makes you focus and obsess about food. I spent two hours a day prepping food mm. and I was hungry all the time. Mm. And the scary thing is that you can go vegan in your 20s or maybe your early 30s and you'll last longer. And what you're doing is you're depleting what you would call chi. You're depleting your your vital minerals and your vital life force and you're reducing Mm. fertility. In studies, you're reducing the likelihood of you having a healthy baby if you do have a baby. Whether you're a man or a woman, it still affects the baby. Uh, And you're malnourishing yourself in the name of health. And you say, okay, Dave, I don't care about my health. I just care about animals. And look, I care about animals too. I run a regenerative agriculture farm where we have sheep and cows and pigs and chickens and we're building soil with them. What you learn is that there's a difference between a grass-fed animal. I can tell you that if I eat a pound of beef every day, I'm going to kill one animal per year. And unless my cow stepped on a frog, that was the only death. And while it was alive, it was pooping everywhere, which makes all the plants grow. And if I was to instead go and say, I'm going to eat you know, an impossible beyond cricket burgers, I, I know, whatever you want to call these fake foods, mm. when the tractor goes through the field... Birds follow the tractor to eat all the chopped up bunnies, turtles, salamanders, and anything in the soil is plowed up. So all the mice, all the voles, all the shrews, all the ground squirrels, all the life is taken out of the land. And you tell yourself, nothing died. No, you're killing hundreds of animals, some of them even cute ones, and Mm -hmm. some that no one even seems to care about, even though they're part of life on earth. Every time you eat a fake burger, you should feel incredible guilt for being a murderer every time you eat a Beyond Burger. And that's the reality. And I say this as a farmer, I feel a sacred connection with the animals I eat. I only eat grass-fed animals. And we can do this. And every time you eat grass-fed or you have grass-fed butter, even if you're plant-based, vegetarian instead of vegan, you can do that and be healthy. But that butter, that meant a cow got to live and that cow got to poop. And that poop made the soil real and soil sucks carbon out of the air. Oh, is that the other reason you might've decided to go vegan? You did that because you wanted to help the environment, even though agriculture is a tiny percentage of what's going on here. People complain about cow farts possibly being a part of the environmental problem. It's a tiny percentage, but vegans in studies fart seven times more than non-vegans. So you have to count human farts for that. Like you just don't win on a vegan diet. It, and yeah. oh, and your testosterone drops as a man and a woman, low testosterone humans are low desire humans. You also can't put muscle on, you get older more quickly, your sex drive goes away. Testosterone is not about masculinity. It's about caring about the world. And the other hormone that gets damaged by vegan diets is the thyroid hormone, and that's the hormone of energy and power. So you want to be young, you want to be powerful, you want to be full of desire to change the world, and you want to get some at night. Yeah. Don't be vegan. (laughs) Honestly, I appreciate this so much because 
funnily enough, it was my, and this is why I'm so excited to talk to you as well, it was my fertility that actually made me start to realize that, hold on a minute, I think my diet is not working for me. And it was a Chinese doctor who said, what are you doing? Like, you need to start eating good quality meat immediately. And suddenly everything has gone back to normal. So I'd love to talk to you about fertility because in the book, you do actually mention the fact that fertility is an interesting biomarker to look at, even if you aren't wanting to reproduce in this exact moment. Why is that? I love it. And I I put that in smarter, not harder, because this is the thing that gets you your time and your energy back. So, so that's really important. But my first book ever was because my wife was infertile when I met her. I should say former wife. Uh, after 17 happy years, we consciously uncoupled. But when I met her, she was infertile and we wanted to have kids. And she was 39 and she's a medical doctor. Her medical school colleagues said, sorry, you can't have babies. Well, we went on a diet full of egg yolks and grass-fed butter and grass-fed steak and other sources of saturated fat and removed these toxins from the diet. And magically, we had two children at age 39 and 42 with no IVF from a formerly infertile woman. That's the power of eating fat, saturated fat, the power of eating high quality animal nutrition. We never ate one bite of industrial animal because that's mean to animals. It's bad for the planet. But you don't have to go vegan if you're against industrial animals. Put your money behind the small farmers who are feeding you the stuff you want to eat. And that helps your fertility so much. Every time I see a a young person with a good heart saying, I'm going to go vegan because, and then the because is something that's actually a lie, we have to trace the path of the lies. The lies about the vegan diet came from the founder of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. His daughter has been on my podcast. And she says, look, my father founded PETA because he was tortured during World War II and it traumatized him. And he talks about that. And she had to sneak meat because she was so sick and basically got disowned by her family because she switched to eating an omnivorous diet with only grass-fed animals to restore her health. It just happens. So you're doing this for a good reason. It's just that your assumptions are wrong. And if you change those assumptions and say, let's look at deaths per calorie. I'm telling you, grass-fed butter and grass-fed beef are the lowest suffering, lowest death per calorie foods on the planet that make you stronger so that you can go up and make it and do what you want to do in the world. If you put all of your energy towards malnourishing yourself, you end up not showing up for your friends. And, and at different stages of life, uh, studies show this, uh, you know, in your twenties, your job is to go out and build your community and mm. build your relationships mm. and probably find a partner. But if you're tired all the time because you're eating this diet and your emotions are all over the place like mine were because you don't have the energy in your brain to do what you need to do to act appropriately. And like, why did I yell at that person again? I, you know, is it me? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe I'm a bad person. I went through all this. And it's funny when I eat for stable energy and brain function, oh my God, like who knows what I might do, whatever I choose instead of whatever someone triggers in me. So if you want to be untriggerable, which is the last two chapters of the book, you got to know how to eat. And mental health is supported by physical health. And I think the world has gone so far into thinking that the mind will fix the mind. Whereas in Work Smarter, Not Harder, you really demonstrate all the ways that you've got to fix the foundations before you even get to the mind part, which is obviously the end of the book. It's funny. I spent all that time in the gym and I didn't get results. In fact, I calculated it. I spent 702 hours of my life 
That's approximately a third of a full-time job for a year. In the gym, not getting the results I wanted because I didn't put the right food in first. Mm. And I was probably overtraining too. So I wrote Smarter Not Harder kind of to get revenge, to get all that time back because mm. I could have gotten my cardio in five minutes, three times a week without sweating. And it would have been six times more effective than sweating on an exercise bike five days a week for an hour. So one of the things that I'm teaching in Smarter Not Harder is the way your body changes is not the way we think. We have this intellectual shortcut that mother nature put in us to save energy in our brains. And it goes like this. If something is bad, you should have none of it. And if something is good, you should do more of it. But that's not actually how the world works. Because you could say, well, cortisol is bad. You know, it's a stress hormone, right? Except if you have no cortisol, you get sick and die. It turns out cortisol is important and powerful and you should have the right amount at the right time. And then magic happens. But that requires thought, which requires energy. And you're out of energy if you didn't eat enough calories, which a lot of women don't do, especially when they're exercising. And you're out of energy if you eat the wrong stuff so that you have no minerals. You can't even make electricity in your brain. It's like, I'm just too tired to think about it. I'm just going to do this. And then you actually think you're a bad person because you did that later. Like, why did I do that? The reason you did it wasn't you. It was an automated part of your body. And maybe that's the most important thing is... What if there was a meat operating system inside your body that makes your meat run that's not you? And most people hear that and they go, yeah, right, whatever, you're crazy. You know, I, I am my body, but hear me out. Because I run a neuroscience clinic, it's called 40 Years of Zen, and I've had 1,500 of the world's top entrepreneurs and celebrities and pro athletes come through and we give them a brain upgrade. So I've, I've really gone deep on this. I have seven patents in neuroscience even though I'm a computer hacker by training. So I have no PhD or anything. So you can ignore me if you want to. But there's a gap between reality and you knowing about reality and you can't see the gap. So when I snap my fingers like that, you heard it right away, right? And you can say, oh, Dave, I remember eighth grade. There's a, a speed of sound. So there's a little, no, I'm not talking about that. If you're 18 years old, there is a quarter second between when I snap my fingers and when your brain first gets an electrical signal that anything happened in the world around you. If you're 40 years old and you don't have an upgraded brain, you have a third of a second of lag time. Like if you're watching one of those movies where it's badly dubbed and like the, we should be seeing that, but we don't. Your operating system edits the gap out of reality so you and I cannot see it. That means something in your body is making decisions and doing stuff for a third of a second before the conscious part of your brain even knows it happened, much less figures out what it was and what to do about it. So. Sometimes your body does stuff and you're going, why did I do that? And the answer is it wasn't you. It was your operating system. What that means is that your body is responding to signals from the world around it and it decides what to do. And imagine how annoying it would be if you had to think about pumping your heart every time it had to pump and you had to think about breathing even when you were asleep and you had to actually squeeze all your blood vessels and do all this weird stuff and fold proteins. You wouldn't get anything else done. That's why it's automated. But the things that control that are the environment around you. It's what kind of food did you put in? And a huge amount of the anxiety that you're feeling right now in your daily life, it's not coming from your mind. You just think it is. It's coming from your body. It's coming from your body because your body is desperate to get minerals that plants cannot provide, even if they're high mineral plants. Your body is desperate because it's missing fat 
because it's already turned its thermostat up all the way and you're getting cold and, and it doesn't know what to do. And it's feeling this sense of impending doom. And that's before you even open up Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> or TikTok, mm-hmm. which it amplifies that. Yeah. Yeah. You can have mental stress, but most of us have a huge amount of physical stress from our diet, from our exercise, from our sleep, and we think it's mental stress. And then we blame Mm -hmm. our partners. We blame our parents. We blame our teachers. We blame our bosses. We blame people Mm -hmm. around us or things around us. Mm -hmm. They're triggering you because you're hungry and you you don't know you're hungry and your body is afraid for its future. So it makes you afraid for your future. And then you start thinking it's because of some politician or some celebrity, whatever the heck it is that's triggering right now. It's not that. It's your operating system. And when you nourish yourself, which is a very powerful word, it's actually a feminine word. It's so important. A lot of us have been taught it's not okay to nourish ourselves. And you nourish yourself with rich foods. And you nourish yourself with recovery What I was doing and what you were doing and what most listeners are doing right now is you go and say you're going to do cardio. And you say, well, I'll just maybe do a warm-up and then my heart's moving. Then I'm going to sprint. So I'm going to push myself really hard. And then I'll just dial it back to 50% or 70% and I'll crank out the miles. Well, here's what the body says. A tiger almost caught me. That's why you sprinted. And then it keeps chasing me because you didn't stop and rest like a sane person. You just kept running, which means you're being hunted. Right. And you you know, this isn't true, but your body, it, it already decided this a third of a second before you even knew what was going on. So the body says, instead of recovering from the sprint and building capacity and strength, I put my energy into continuing to run. I must be in a world where I'm being hunted a lot. Let me turn on my stress hormones. And even worse, you didn't eat some nice protein and get some kind of recovery afterwards. No, you ate like a fake burger and a piece of lettuce And then the body says, well, this is great. I'm being hunted and there's a famine. Why would I ever put one ounce of energy into improving my conditioning? Mm. I'm just going to put it into being ready to handle the next stressor. And you do this day after day after day. No wonder you look old before you're supposed to. No wonder you're putting on fat from cortisol. No wonder you get diabetes. No wonder all this stuff happens because you didn't nourish yourself. You weren't kind to yourself. And it's so powerful that that example of cardio, five minutes, three times a week, you do that for two months, you're going to get a 12% improvement in cardiovascular function, which is unheard of. Well, if that's six times better than cranking it out all day, every day, what are you going to do with those extra five hours you just got back? What would you do with five hours of time? That's just one hack in the book. And in the back of the book, I talk about spiritual hacks. You know, by now we all know meditation is important, But for every hour you spend meditating, you might be wasting time. So it's at this point very well established that breathing and meditating with breath work, it just works better. So I encourage you to meditate. I just encourage you to also do some breath work. And I talk about all the other technology that gets you there faster because I believe your time is valuable. I believe that you are one of the laziest people on the planet, which makes you one of the most powerful people on the planet. That's what I was going to come on to next, which is what is the laziness principle? Because you open the book with this, and I think it's so catchy, this idea that we are all inherently lazy and would love to break that down. All right. Imagine that time you've gone uh, to the store and the shoes were, say, you know, $100 off. So you come home and you tell your friends or your partner, I saved $100 on shoes. You spent $200 on shoes if they were really nice shoes, right? You 
didn't save $100, really. Why do you focus on the savings? Why do coupons work so well? Because your operating system wants you to lay on the couch. It's worried that there won't be enough energy, enough food for you, so it makes the couch look way more attractive than exercising. It also makes saving money more attractive than spending money. So if your operating system loves to save time and money, why not motivate yourself with savings? So I teach you in the book, instead of saying, God, I got to go to the gym, you say, I'm going to do one of the hacks from Smarter Not Harder, and I'm going to celebrate that I just saved 50 minutes of suffering. Yes, I'm going to go save 50 minutes of exercise time. And you can motivate yourself to do five or 10 minutes of hard work to save 50 minutes. So you focus on this. It's so powerful. It's how half of marketing works. You ever go to a website that offers you 15% off? It was a $10 item. You're going to save $1.50. And giving your email address is not worth the time, but you do it because 15% feels so big. Use that same thing to motivate yourself. Dropping in to tell you about a company who is improving the way we walk, Vivo Barefoot. Vivo Barefoot are on a mission to create regenerative footwear that brings you closer to nature and your natural potential. Humans have evolved for over millions of years to essentially walk, move and run barefoot. But modern cushioned shoes have impacted foot function and are now contributing to a movement focused health crisis in the process. That's why Vivo Barefoot's footwear is designed to be wide, thin, flexible, and as close to barefoot as possible. They promote your foot's natural strength and movement, and I can definitely say from my own experience that feeling the ground beneath your feet really connects you to the world around you. I find it grounding, relaxing, especially after a day chained to emails at my desk. They are almost like therapeutic shoes. Vivo Barefoot has a great range of shoes for every activity, so whether you're hiking, dancing, or just want a comfortable pair for every day, they won't disappoint. They're also sustainable and made of recycled materials, so you're protecting the planet one step at a time. Vivo Barefoot are offering a 100-day free trial on their footwear, and you can purchase yours today with an exclusive 15% off for our listeners when you visit www.vivobarefoot.com unwind. The link will be in the show notes. If you're struggling to sleep and in need of something to help your restless nights, I have just the podcast for you. Sleepwave is a podcast from the creators of Sleepiest, a leading sleep and meditation app that has helped over 4 million people fall asleep. Every Monday, you can listen to a brand new transportive meditation, including reassuring sessions such as finding protection from anxiety, which might be just what you need to help you drift off. Listeners have reported unbelievable results from the very first night, and from personal experience, I can tell you I've never made it to the end of an episode. So if you want to wake up feeling rested, rejuvenated, and full of energy, Sleepwave is the best place to start. Available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also listen free on the Sleepiest app. So... Hit exercise is something that you write about and as the kind of exercise hack. What would be an example of a really easy hit workout you could do at home? So our traditional thing is it's how much work I do is what makes me change. And for about the last 10 years, there's something called high intensity interval training that some people have heard about. And this is that instead of spending that 45 minutes uh, on a bike, 
you actually go relatively slowly. Then you do a really hard sprint for 30 or 60 seconds, like a tiger's chasing you. And then you slow down to really, really slow and calm. You wait another minute or two, and then you do it again. You do this three or five times. And this gives you more conditioning in less time, but you sweat. And frankly, it sucks to run for a minute. You you feel like you're going to throw up at the end of that. (laughs) It's not what I like to do. So this is already known to work better. What I did, though, is uh, I'm opening a chain of franchises across the U.S. and Canada called Upgrade Labs. I opened the first one almost 10 years ago underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office in Santa Monica. And we've been using all this gear with artificial intelligence to improve how people exercise, how people change themselves in very small amounts of time. And one of the pieces of tech at Upgrade Labs lets you do something called reduced exertion, high intensity training. And it is so low that you don't sweat and you don't have to change clothes. The way reduced exertion, high intensity training works is you would go to the park and you'd walk as slowly as you could. So slowly that people think you're high, like really slow and boringly. And after a minute or two of that, run as fast as you possibly could. It's easier on a bike that's set up for this because you just need to really like like you're going to die. And you're going to do this for maybe 10 or 20 seconds. And it has to be full out, I'm going to die until uh, the body it really blows through all of your short-term re- reserves. And then you lay on your back and you take deep, slow breaths and you do everything you know to calm yourself down. And when you're calm, maybe two minutes later, you get up again, you walk real slowly till everyone goes, God, that person really is high. Look what they're doing. They're probably seeing tigers. And then you walk and then you do it again. And you're running like your life depends on it. And then 20 seconds later, you collapse on your back. Slow, deep breaths. It turns out what makes your body change is the fact that you went to the edge of what you could do. And then you got to lie down and adapt instead of push harder. And you just do two of those. And if you did that, that's going to take you five, maybe six minutes. And then you're done. And you can go do something that matters like drink coffee. Like it. You did your work. You get your your check mark. You get your gold star. You were a good person. You just didn't have to sweat all over the place. But if you go to a group class and you love sweating and it's a community for you and you love it, you go to the gym and you lift because it makes you feel great and all your buddies are there, you can still do that. It's just what I'm talking about works better. I'd love to go through some of the shocking points in the book. For example, I am shocked that hummus is not something that you endorse why is hummus potentially not so good for us I was devastated I literally like drink hummus every single day and I will not be doing that anymore first let me just ask if you had a choice between guacamole and hummus guacamole always is better right it's always better guac yeah you're right it wins I've never been to a party where there's a tray of guac and a tray of hummus and the guac isn't gone and then they eat the hummus (laughs) True. That should tell you something. <laughs> okay. So hummus is made out of garbanzo beans. Garbanzo beans have something called anti-nutrients in them, something called lectins that shred your gut and cause inflammation in the body. And there are some people who handle that reasonably well. If you're of Middle Eastern descent and your people have been eating garbanzos for thousands of years, they've been eating them because that's how they live through famines when there weren't other animals to eat. So we're set up to survive on all kinds of foods so that we can get through the hard winter or the famine and then 
find another cow to eat. But we generally don't eat those on purpose. We eat those when we need to. On top of that, there's a substance called phytic acid. It's in plants. Plants don't want us to eat them. So we all know spinach is a great source of iron, right? It turns out spinach is only 1.7% absorbable iron. The rest of the iron is bound up in things that steal minerals from your bones and from your cells. Garbanzos have the same thing. Ranchers know about this because when they feed corn and soy and all these things, impossible burgers are made out of and peas and pea protein, especially oatmeal, especially whole wheat. It's so full of this thing called phytic acid that when you eat it, it pulls calcium out of your bones. It pulls zinc out of your bones. It steals minerals. So you're eating lots of different colored plants because vitamins, not knowing that most of those plants have a plan to steal your minerals so that you won't eat the plants. They can't run away, but they can make you deficient. One of the ways that we've always combated this is we ate the plants when we had to. We'd eat a few of them for flavor. There's benefits to eating plants. I like plants. Some plants are better for you than others. But you would also eat the liver, which I don't particularly love. You would eat as much meat as you could get, and you'd supplement with foods, and you have some dessert, have some honey, whatever. That That's all fine. I'm not telling you you have to be keto and you know only eat organs and grow stuff like that. I'm telling you that if you eat hummus all the time, you eat rice cakes, and you eat oatmeal, which is one of the biggest scam foods on the planet, it is very high in phytic acid. So you eat it. Even if you're taking your supplements, they won't work. So I teach you how to lower the amount of phytic acid in your diet by making better plant choices and by taking a mineral supplement. So if you want to have hummus once a week because you love it and it's made by your grandmother and it has real olive oil instead of the bad oils that most companies put in it and it makes you feel good and you have hummus dreams and you don't have hummus gas the way most of us do, then you should do it and it's totally fine. But don't make it into a health food. It's a survival food and you eat a little bit of it on occasion. But when you try to replace yogurt with hummus that has no protein to speak of and has anti-nutrients in it, you're creating deficiencies instead of using it as a, you know, an ancestral food or something that's an occasional thing. Nuts also is kind of on your one to avoid list. Why is that? Nuts and like almond butter, it's much better than peanut butter, which is one of the worst things you can eat. So it's an upgrade. But if you had once a week some almond butter, I don't care. But it's when you do what I used to do as a vegan and even as someone who wasn't vegan, I'm just going to put almond butter on everything because getting that fat in feels really good. Almonds are very high in phytic acid. They're high in lectins and they're high in omega-6 fat and something called tannins. So it turns out there are studies showing if you eat a tablespoon you know, or half a handful of almonds or walnuts or whatever, they actually are good for you. But if you eat a lot of them, especially in butter, they will steal your minerals. They'll irritate your gut lining. And there's another anti-nutrient that blows people's minds. And this is one I kind of got into a fight with. <laughs> it's called oxalic acid. And one of the biggest offenders is raw kale. Okay. I bought pounds and pounds of raw kale and I juiced and I squeezed and raw spinach is actually a little worse than raw kale. And what this does is it goes into your body when you eat it and it finds calcium, which is in your blood, and it sticks to the calcium to make razor sharp crystals. And then they move around in the body. They cause gout. 
they cause kidney stones. Tons of people who eat a lot of kale and spinach are getting kidney stones at young ages. And it causes vulvodynia, which is when razor sharp crystals form in your vulva. Now, I don't have vulva, so I haven't had that problem, but people very close to me in my life have. And it's terribly painful because you can't even wear underwear. Our grandparents knew, why would you eat raw spinach? Like, that's weird. What they would do is they would make creamed spinach with cheese and milk, which is full of calcium. So the calcium would form crystals in the spinach as they were preparing it instead of in your blood. So don't eat a lot of kale and spinach and don't eat a lot of other foods high in oxalic acid like rhubarb and beets. Everyone knows beets are healthy. You know how many people have sore joints the day after they eat beets and don't know why? It's because of this problem. And some of us handle it better than others. You're never going to avoid all oxalates, but almonds are full of them. So if you were to have a choice, you can eat hummus, kale, spinach, and almonds, or you could have dark chocolate. Which one would you choose? I mean, obviously dark chocolate. You look like a sane person to me. So yeah, I think that was the right answer. Uh, that's what <laughs> I would choose. Well, it turns out dark chocolate also has some oxalates in it. In fact, that's why they make milk chocolate. I don't recommend milk chocolate for a variety of reasons. But if you're going to have a certain amount of oxalates in your diet, which you are, make it count. Eat the dark chocolate. There's even a very small amount in coffee. Not very much, but just a little bit. So you're eating foods that taste like crap. And they're making you deficient and they're weakening you. So eat the foods that are full of good stuff and feel satisfied and full and happy and get the glow from having energy instead of the glow from your body panicking from a lack of minerals and a lack of good fats. And when you do that, that's called nourishing yourself. It's called loving yourself. It's called honoring yourself. And that's what opens the door to the last two chapters about spiritual progress, because really that's what it's about. Just fix your hardware and you can meditate better. And if you do the spiritual work, it'll work. But if you do the spiritual work when you're in a state of deprivation, it's very hard. You can have the best heart on earth and the most earnestness and the most desire and the most willpower. But it's like saying, okay, I'm in a cheap Toyota Prius and I can push the, the accelerator all the way down you're not going to beat a Ferrari no matter how hard you push because it's not about you and your desire. It's about can your car bring it? And now it's about can your body bring it? And when your body can bring it, you can reach new states of existence that you would not even know are possible. You are just excellent. Um, before we go, would you mind sharing with us how do you unwind before bed? One of the things that I do is I put on a pair of glasses called True Dark. Yes, I did invent them but they block five different things that keep you up. It turns out light is the biggest thing that blocks your sleep quality. So what you do is you stop eating when the sun goes down. So have a slightly earlier dinner. It's okay if the sun's already gone. I just don't eat right before bed. I want a three hour gap between my last bite of food and bedtime. I put my glasses on that make me look like I'm at a disco or something about an hour before bed. And there's now a study that shows that they already put your brain in a meditation state. They're called true dark glasses. And the idea of dimming the lights in your house, not having a bright light in the bathroom while you brush your teeth, that alone makes you sleep way better for the first four hours of the night. And you do that, I have a weighted blanket. I have a mattress that cools itself. And the curtains in my bedroom actually work. They block out all light. So when I sleep, it's like I'm in a cave. There's no LEDs. There's no blinking green lights on my smoke detector. And there's no street lights coming in. Just do those things. And that's a part of nourishing yourself. It's not that hard. Those are like getting Velcro around the edges of your curtains. You can do this. And getting a dimmer switch or just not turning on the light and having a little red nightlight, 
your neighbors might think you're a vampire, but you'll look like you're not aging. So that's okay. I love it. Where is the best place for people to find you? We'll put obviously links to your brilliant book, but is there anything that you'd like to share? If you go to daveasprey.com, there's 3,000 articles teaching you all this stuff. There's 1,000 hours of podcasts. Pick the ones you like. Uh, There's just so much knowledge from true masters Mm. that are out there. And I'm, I'm someone who finds them and curates them, and I've invented some things. But I would just encourage your listeners, keep listening to this show. And do the audio version of Smarter, Not Harder. Uh, and just start following me on Instagram and I'll put up the good stuff. And eventually you'll go, wait, I wonder if what I'm doing works. And if it works, keep it up. And if it doesn't, you can step away from the garbanzos, step away from the hummus and you might feel better. Thank you so much for your time. This has just been excellent. And I've loved speaking with you and I love this book. Uh, Thank you. It's been so much fun. I'm happy to share it with you. By now, I think everybody knows Smarter Not Harder is the thing to do. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today, please hit subscribe and leave a comment because this helps the podcast so much. I'd be endlessly grateful if you wouldn't mind doing so. My mental health book, Happy Not Perfect, is available to order now. The book teaches you how to be a flexible thinker, a skill that helps you navigate any challenge that might come your way, helps you manage emotions and helps you thrive to be the bendiest version of yourself. Until next time, I love hearing from you. So do shoot me a message on Instagram. Send me a DM with any of your thoughts. Stay safe and well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.